All right. I am going to get started. Uh, so just as a reminder, this is an AMA, so ask me anything. <laughs> going to uh, be very caller-driven, happy to talk about whatever people want to talk about. I see we have a caller, so uh, Dave, what's on your mind? Hey, what's up, Ben? Um, I wanted to – can you hear me? Yep, I can hear fine. Yeah, I just wanted to ask um, – I know this happened a bit ago, but what was your um, – kind of mindset and going on um when you were on uh rogan because i yeah. uh, got to rewatch that i was i was delighted to see that um you were actually someone and it would be great if the left and i'm distinguishing left from uh the democratic mainstream it would, it would be great if the left could like engage with these people but also push back instead of you know just using uh time using it as time to dump on why democrats suck and why and not challenge yeah. republicans and i noticed you did both of that so what was your mindset going into rogan and how did you experience uh joe in that conversation sure yeah so um i mean my mindset going into it was that um you know like that you know the you know, what I wanted to use it to do more than anything uh, was just to kind of promote sort of a basic uh, left uh, material agenda, right? To, to talk about, yeah. uh, to, you know, I, I was like basic, you know, like, I mean, I was there to talk about my book, but it's like, honestly, he had to kind of like, you know, make me talk about it because it's like it was uh, I wanted to give them an like, argument. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's like yeah, the yeah. biggest, you know, uh, the biggest thing. Well, oh, yeah. So it's the second book, but yeah, uh, they have a, but like, um, the, but like, yeah, the, but my biggest, like, my big agenda going into it was like, I want to have a conversation that, uh, where, you know, I, I mean, I want to seem, you know, friendly and relatable because, because I would, you know, I, I, I have, like, which I know some people don't like because, you know, because they, they sort of want to see, like, you know, Rogan like confronted on the takes of his that they disagree with and all that stuff. But it's like I, I sort of thought it's like, well, that's not really the approach that's going to do what I want to do here because what I want to do is to is to sort of get this message out, you know, to uh, to the largest number of people possible in the most appealing way that I could get it out to them. So like I wanted to sort of take every possible opportunity to talk about you know Medicare for all, talk about unions, to uh, to. Uh, you know, talk about economic inequality, talk about socialism, you know, all of this stuff, because uh, that's, you know, I mean, that's what I care the most about. And so it's like I wanted to, um, you know, and, and I guess I guess I guess maybe this answers your question, like like my sort of um, basically the conversation that I was trying to have with Joe Rogan is about the conversation that I would hope that I would hope that like grassroots leftists would have with like their their friend, their neighbor, their, uh, yeah. <laughs> their brother-in-law, right? You know, whoever, right? You know, it's like the, you know, it's like, like, cause it's like, surely there are people in your life who don't agree with you about all, you know, like uh, many things, right? You know, or, or who are like, or, or who are like, uh, like the way that Rogan is, right? Where it's like, you know, he's like finds, you know, he finds certain kinds of left-wing proposals like appealing, but like, you know, he also has kind of right-wing impulses or takes on some issues or whatever. It's like, you know, that's like a combination that's incredibly common out there, right? It's like, so it's like, what conversation are you going to have with that person, right? Are you going to have a conversation with them where you're like trying to sort of seek out the stuff that you're least likely to agree about and like, 
and and just kind of be self-righteous about it or you're going to have a conversation with them where you sort of try to like talk up this, the stuff that you think might actually appeal to them. Yeah, because, you know, and, I, and the reason I just brought it up is because I think there's so much there's so much conflation and like left and liberal but like there's just so much conflation in terms of the two extremes that I see where you're, there's self-righteousness. Like even when, when uh, the, a guy named Vouch was talking about how the left needs to reach out to men, there were people, there are people yeah. who are like, well, you know, who, you know, have problematic beliefs and, you know, sexist mm-hmm. beliefs. But then there are people who are self-righteous about it. And I, I guess the, the thing I just wanted to ask is in terms of, yeah. do you think the left really has like a, a, a normie, problem because I, I i just see some so many times where where it's like there's this inability to relate to normie voters not even in terms of the rogans of the world but i you know i had a i, pro- I had a debate with someone else who was a pretty prominent leftist and i was like a lot of democratic voters are, are even the ones that are not like the new york times type just your 50k voters are very normie mm-hmm. They care about the what Ron DeSantis is doing in Florida and bashing AOC all day is not going to really do it in terms of bringing them to the fold. So do you think that that's an issue? Yeah. So, uh, so you said a couple different things there. I want to make sure I'm addressing all of them. So the I, I do think, um, you know, I do think that the left has a normie problem. Um, and I think that, um, you know, I mean, look, I, I – uh, uh, yeah, I mean, there are plenty of things that I disagree with Faushan, but I actually remember that comment and I remember thinking that it was, it was fine. Right. I mean, it's like, yeah, like they, they have, it's actually like, look, I think it, I think it would be better if like, you know, self-help that's like geared towards young dudes wasn't, uh, you know, wasn't so dominated by people with terrible politics. Right. Like, yeah, that, yeah, exactly. you know, you know, it's like, that's, that, that seems correct to me. Um, but, um, but yeah, I think, um, you know, I, I think more generally, uh, there is, um, you know, I think that some of it's kind of a result of social media, but then it also spills over into what people do offline, uh, that it, it, it is like people will, uh, I think there's this real tendency towards, uh, some people on the left, kind of without thinking about it this way like they were sort of realizing this is what they're doing like kind of redefining radical politics is not like a a serious attempt to to change you know material conditions of the real world but as like as this kind of symbolic moral protest <laughs> against uh yeah. how, how bad the world is and if if what you're doing ultimately is this kind of symbolic moral protest then like sky's the limit of I it mean, just like you know pick every fight that you you can you know do like whatever the you know whatever the most like maximalist uh position you could take on any like weird culture war thing that comes up just just do it right you know because because that like because because the the whole project is just to like you know to sort of show yeah. how how uh how enlightened you are right but like if you're actually trying to you know, if you're trying to change the world, you know, then like, yeah, you, you wouldn't do that, right? I mean, you like, you you would have, um, you know, you like, you focus on, uh, you know, you emphasize the things that are, you know, that you're going to get the broadest possible segment of the population excited about. And I'm not saying to like throw anybody under the bus in terms of social policy. Um, I don't, you know, but like also you know, just understand that like lots of people are going to have lots of 
you know, like different sensibilities about this stuff. Some people are going to be like imperfect on some issues and like, you don't yeah. need to like write them off as an enemy, you know, yeah, uh, and whoever's running. And, and I feel that, and I, I know Chase is going, but I just want last thing to say that, you know, I've even the talk around Marion Williamson, like primary yeah. Biden, I think whoever primaries Biden. And the reason I brought up the normie touch is they are going to need to make the by critique of Biden from the left, but they are going to need to, talk about the very real issues of like what DeSantis is doing in Florida and yeah. and the threat of that. That's going to be to do. It can't just be vote for me, Dembe's. Yeah, Biden's not left enough. And and I just fear that sometimes that that's how our movement comes off. But thank you no, so much, Ben, for taking my call. I appreciate it, man. All right. Thank you. Uh, yeah, I appreciate that. I mean, if, uh, if Marianne, if, if it's, if the primary, the people on the ballot are Joe Biden and Marianne Williamson, I will, uh, uh, you know, I, I reserve the right to roll my eyes a lot about the, uh, the crystal ball woo woo stuff, but like, I'll, I'll, I'll vote for her, but like, um, but yeah, I think like a, I think a successful, like in a scenario, I mean, unfortunately I would be very worried that like, there's not going to be a real challenger to Biden, like somebody who people notice enough that there are actually debates and stuff like that. Uh, I wish there would. <laughs> I wish there would be. I wish, I frankly, you know, uh, I don't care if he's 200 years old. I wish Bernie Sanders would run again, but uh, I don't think he's going to. But like, I think that it's, um, I think that, uh, that, yeah, I mean, absolutely. That real challenger would have to sort of, uh, would have to speak to, Democratic voters, very real concerns about right-wing authoritarianism, like the DeSantis stuff in, in Florida, and show that it's like, like the pitch has to be that like I, whoever the Bernie-style candidate would be in this scenario, am like your better bet for beating those people because I'm going to appeal to this like broad economic message that's going to bring around voters who might otherwise vote for you know DeSantis if he's the Republican nominee, etc. So anyway, that would be my thought. I'm going to take Chase. Chase, what is on your mind? Hey, Ben, how you doing? I'm pretty decent. How are you? Not too bad. Um, I just wanted to plug a great book I've been reading right now, uh, which is on this topic. It's uh, Realigners by oh, Timothy yeah? uh, Schenck. And it's, it's sort of just a series of portraits of different uh, political actors who succeeded in putting together some kind of majoritarian politics. Uh, mm-hmm. in uh, the history of the United States. And um, and it's it's really excellent. You know, there's great chapters on Charles Sumner and Martin Van Buren. And uh, uh, and it's a great reminder that, uh, uh, yeah, at the end of the day, none of this works until we build a majoritarian coalition of some kind that can have results at the ballot box. So, Yeah, absolutely. I'd be really interested. I think I actually did listen. So I haven't read the book. I think I listened to, uh, I think the author was on Know Your Enemy, um, that podcast. And I I think I listened to the Know Your Enemy about this. Um, but yeah, that's, that would be, that would be really, um, yeah, I mean, that would be really interesting to, to read. I mean, this is kind of, um, like, I mean, I was kind of thinking about this relation conversation that was I was having uh, this this morning with a friend about uh, how, like, you know, one of the aggravated things about like kind of contemporary liberal rhetoric is that like democracy comes up a lot, but it's like the 
like as this just totally lifeless abstraction, right? That it's like people people talk all the time about democracy, but it's like, well, okay, um, there's there's no sense of you know, I don't know. I mean, I'm thinking about all that stuff before the midterms about how democracy is on the ballot and all that. It's like, okay, but it's like, if all democracy means is that like Democrats are allowed to win elections, then you know, sure. I mean, I'm for it, right? But like, it's not, yeah. uh, you know. But like, it's it's not. Um, I just don't think that's going to be a very effective pitch because it's like the because the question is like, okay, but like, democracy is is for doing things, right? I mean, like the right. you know that, that you. You know, you get to rule yourself. That means that you know you can, you know, you could like achieve things politically that will that will make your life better. And like, it never seems to be, you know, it never seems to be attached to that. And just like, even yeah, the, yeah. yeah, I mean, like one thing I, th- I think like more than the, you know, I worked uh, on a state level election during the midterms, and I will say like I think one issue that in a very like swingy kind of uh, district. And um, one of the issues that really came up a lot more was abortion. And, you know, it it made me think about, um, one, how so much of, like, that argument has been dictated by people on the other side. Like, even, Mm -hmm. you know, the the two basic stances, pro-life and pro-choice, kind of like a woeful misrepresentation of, like, what's going on, you know? Like, but... um, like even more so it's just like uh, a lot of people have this real fear about their rights being stripped away. Yep. Um, with relate, especially when you go into the judicial reasoning of that decision, which was like, we don't believe in bodily autonomy. Right. Like we exactly. It's a precondition towards freedom. And like, it's kind of been bizarre to me that we haven't found a way to make just like a robust defense of bodily autonomy as they're doing this shit and like the drag, like anti-trans and drag bills. And like, we're still prosecuting the war on drugs and, you know, like a whole bunch of shit that falls under this like condition of like, we let the government dictate people's uh, like what they can do with their body. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, And I, I mean, like the abortion stuff is actually, I mean, it's like a great example about the, the democracy thing. Cause like, this is also like this kind of amazing disconnect because we spent decades, like every election since I've been old enough to remember elections, uh, like a big part of the pitch for voting for the Democrat was that uh, if the, uh, you know, if the Republican got to appoint people to the Supreme court, that they'd overturn Roe v. Wade, like that. That was always, you know, like right. uh, you know, that's that was the that was the big like you know you can't vote for Ralph Nader, you have to vote for Al Gore in two thousand, you know this, uh, you know John Kerry in two thousand and four, Obama in two thousand eight, two thousand twelve, Hillary in two thousand sixteen. It was like always a big a big part of it. But then it's like kind of amazing that it's like then it happened, right? The exact scenario. Yeah you know, came to pass and then it's like, okay, so there's no, like, what's, where's your break glass in the case of emergency? This is our, you know, this is our plan, you know, to, uh, to counteract that. I mean, what are you actually going to yeah. do? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and there's so much there. Cause it's like, like the abortion thing is, you know, uh, 
like it's it's a it's an issue that like the majority of the american public a majority of the time is on the right side of you know but it's like we don't live in a majoritarian system and like the great genius of the sort of mcconnell strategy was like you really only need the senate uh to control the judiciary and like totally yeah you know i mean and like and and the judiciary uh, especially if you you know uh you require filibuster proof majorities in the senate like the judiciary is by its nature been like one of the most reactionary institutions in the federal government you know uh, a majority of the time so like right which which which, which just makes sense on its face because like right. i i think a lot of times liberals expect you know sort of it, se- it almost seems like they keep expecting it to be the other way around and being shocked but it's like I mean, just if you describe to somebody who knew absolutely nothing about how our political system worked, you were like, oh, yeah, so, uh, you know, we've got the the presidency and Congress and blah, blah, blah. Oh, and also there's this panel of of, <laughs> of nine Harvard and Yale graduates who get to decide which laws stay in place. <laughs> like, right. You right. know, like, 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 you'd be like, oh, so that's going to be like the super reactionary part of it, right? I mean, like, that's... <laughs> Right. Like it, it sounds like it on its face, you know. So, uh, and and yeah, like and this, I think a lot of liberals like have this idea of like the role of the Supreme Court. That's like, oh, this is this institution that's going to protect your know, rights, you know, and even like this could do it against the tyranny of the majority or whatever. It's like, well, uh, sometimes, like, right. but right, sometimes, sometimes, so, sometimes it does the Dred, <laughs> like Dread Scott decision, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, totally right. Sometimes, sometimes like it, it actually strips away rights, you know, like uh, like that Dred Scott, or I mean, like there's all kinds of like, you know, if you look at like the sort of few decades, you know, just before the New Deal, basically, like there's a whole series of like, you know, uh, Supreme Court decisions that are doing shit like striking down laws against child labor. Oh yeah, <laughs> like, oh, yeah. I mean, in many ways, that's that's uh, you know, like that is the default position in the history of that institution. And like, I don't know. I mean, like, it was one of the things that, and, and you know, it's like cons- the Constitution and like constitutional law and like legal theory. To me, that's some like real nerd shit. But like, I really wish like we had people who were like thinking more about this stuff the last yeah. few decades who like weren't of the like uh, like like you know do you know Jeremy Waldron the philosopher? Actually, I don't know him. Who is he? He's a he's a he's a really interesting uh, political and legal philosopher um, who. He's kind of he's kind of like a left liberal. He wrote a he wrote a pretty good book on property, but he also has this really strident critique of judicial review, and yeah. and you know, like it's it's he's worth like taking a look at in like yeah. this moment where you know I mean it's like worth remembering like judicial review and like the process of determining the constitutionality of like these laws yeah. like that itself was like a power that the court abrogated to itself. Yeah, yeah, Barbara versus Madison, sure. Yeah, uh, that's yeah, absolutely. And it's like also like it's you know like I wrote something about this for for Jacobin and like uh, I don't know, I guess it was just about a year ago. Um, I had that like um, you know when I was like looking at it to write that article, it's like it's actually 
really rare in the world to have to have democracies that have like this kind of strong judicial review. Right. Like there, there are like plenty of countries that have like some version of something like it, but like you know where the courts like still have a lot less power than the Supreme Court has in the U.S. Right. Uh, and there are like also plenty of normal democracies where there's really just no equivalent, or like maybe like the um, like either the high, highest court is like just the highest court of appeal and it just doesn't do shit like this. It's just not in the business of striking down laws, or if it or like. You know, maybe it could like it's essentially consultative. It could like do things like, you know, there are countries where like the high court could like say, "Hey, we don't think this is constitutional. Take another look at it," and then Parliament could take another look, and they could still be like, "Yeah, we're still right. keep it." You know, like, uh, and and it's like it's like you don't have like all these like nightmare scenarios where it's like you're gonna have like oh. We'll just have like a dictatorship and no free speech and all this stuff. We don't have like strong form judicial review. It's like, well, I mean, they, the global evidence doesn't seem to suggest that. I'm also really curious about what the political circumstances are where that would happen and the Supreme Court would go along with it, right? Like, uh, yeah. well, you know, I mean, like that, that just doesn't sound realistic to me. And like, I think that I, and you know, I, I was just like to tie the two subjects together. What we started out with about democracy and then this, you know, like I think, um, you know, I, I think like it's I think it was always a mistake to count on the Supreme Court to protect abortion rights. I think that like the the move always should I mean like I'm not saying like obviously if we're gonna have a Supreme Court that does strong form judicial review, I'm happier to have it do, you know, Roe v. Wade than strike down Roe v. Wade. But like if it's uh but like I would have preferred like that I think the better way would just be by yeah, I mean go back to where you started out, talk about real liners, you know, building majorities like right. the, like you know the uh, you know the voters in Kansas, uh, you know voted to you know for for the like referendum to to put you know abortion rights in the state constitution and like that's a that's a state that like literally the last uh, you know I, I like the last uh, Democrat who who won their electoral votes was right. like I think I think that was like the LBJ Goldwater election. Right. Uh, <laughs> You right, know. the evidence would indicate that it would be a winning issue in Kansas if Democrats yeah. win on it, you know? Like, yeah, exactly. But, but yeah, I mean, like, and I guess, like, that, like now that the we have, like, this reactionary Supreme Court, we're going to have to, like, focus on building super majorities, you know? Yeah. Because it's, like, everything that we try to do, whether it's, like, Medicare for all, it's going to always come up to a legal challenge in the court now. And like you know, I and, and this and it's also like I don't know. I mean, I guess the one thing that I I do like maybe this is simple minded, but like I I'm always like you know I'll even see like uh, you know like leftists who you know will say out like these like you know legal scholarly things about like oh well this is you know this is you know is or isn't you know clearly gonna sustained challenges and it's like and look to a certain extent it works that way but like also like my point is always just like look i mean these are political actors they're gonna do uh you know like right i mean the whole you know it's like look every single one of the big controversial decisions you know there's a there's you know they're never nine to zero right it's uh you know it's like if you have a like the function of a good lawyer 
is to like come up with a legal argument for whatever you want, right? I mean, that's like kind of literally what lawyers do, you know? So it's like, uh, you know, so it's like, yeah, if you're going to, if, you know, you have a majority of right-wing lawyers, they're going to come up with like constitutional arguments for like the right-wing things that they want to do. So it's like, yeah, I don't know what the grounds would be for of challenging Medicare for all, but I'm sure they'll come up with something. Yeah. I mean, well, I mean, like, they, you know, uh, it, it, like you have to ask, what is the institutional barrier to them not doing everything they want to do when they want to do it? I mean, like, uh, you know, the, the thing is, is it's like if um, Dobbs, the abortion decision, you know, I know like Samuel Alito authored like this, you know, ridiculous kind of treatise, you know, to uh, justify his legal reasoning. But, you know, had he just wiped his nose with the paper and got five <laughs> yeah. of them to sign it, it would have been the same thing. Totally. You know? yeah. like, because there's actually yeah. no institutional check on them to do otherwise. You, all you need is those five people. Yeah, exactly. Right? So it's like, yeah, absolutely. You're right. They'll, they'll, they will come up with something. Um, yeah. you know, and it's even actually, my understanding is it's like a relatively recent development. The Supreme Court rules are this long anyway. Like a yeah. lot of the – like a lot of the older decisions, you know, like uh, like the 19th century and stuff, they didn't bother doing yeah. that, you know, like I'm going to write a 20-page paper to justify it, you know. Right. <laughs> Just like, you know, kind of a few paragraphs. Yeah, that's what we think. <laughs> well, I'll, I'll, I'll get out of the way. I guess my one, my one real point is like, you know, whether it's like Joe Biden or like Marianne Williamson, like to me, like the, like the big question is just like, what do we do about the court? What do we do about the Senate? You know, like, what do we do about these, like, institutions that are, well, like, I mean, fundamentally non-democratic? Totally, yeah. I mean, well, like, this is this. Yes, absolutely. And, like, I think, like, long term, I'm not sure that we even get, like, meaningful social democracy in America without some pretty deep constitutional reform. Right, uh, but, right, yeah. right. Uh, I don't know. I don't know what that looks like, but I certainly know that any strategy that's going to get us there you know, going back to the earlier conversation is going to have to, um, is, is, is going to have to involve building a big, big majority. Cause like, right. you know, like you're, you can't, you can't do any of that without that. And like, which is why, yeah, which is why it's like such a mistake for like, you know, people to sort of, uh, try to combine, like, it's why I think it's like, you know, I mean, the first caller was mentioning, you know, AOC bashing or whatever. I'm, I'm, I'm not in that category. I, I, I much, you know, I would, I would much rather have uh, people who uh, usually vote the right way in Congress than not, you know, uh, right. but, but like, you know, it's why I think that sort of AOC approach of like trying to combine like the birdie message with like kind of relentless signaling to team blue in the culture war uh, is, uh, is, is a bad idea. Right. I mean, again, right. not, not in the sense that I want to throw anybody into the bus in terms of social policy, but it's just cause it's like, I just can't imagine any scenario where that's a combination that would, that would generate the kind of majority that you would need right. to, to like fundamentally realign American politics. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and that's, and that's what's like required in this moment, but I will, I will uh, let you. All right. Sounds good. Uh, so I think we only have time for one more caller. So I'm going to take Adam just because uh, uh, Brady, if you call in next time, I promise it will take you again. But just because we talked to you last time, I think. So I'm going to take Adam. Adam, what's on your mind? Woo, let's go. Hey. Uh, <laughs> so I read your uh, Substack article um, about oh, yeah. and the God debate. Yep. yep. And uh, 
So I would summarize the line I use is um, I don't think God exists, Mm -hmm. but I believe in him. And I think, yeah. And I think um, like humans manifested God to exist, to like solve a bunch of questions and thought paradoxes. Um, And so I wanted to ask you, how do you define existing Okay. Uh, that's interesting. Uh, how do I define it? I don't know if I can. I don't know if I can define existence. <laughs> like, well, within the terms of does God exist? Yeah, yeah. So, so, so I would say, okay, so I think usually, not always, right, but usually when people say the sentence, I believe that God, what they're affirming is that is uh, something like a um, – a all-powerful um, being who uh, who created the universe. So uh, kind of like this stereotypical monotheistic god. Yeah, exactly. Right. It's like, like like and I think that like the way I just said it, right? You know that there's mm. like an all all-powerful being who created the universe is something that it's like uh, I think you know I think that like that's I don't. You know, I think that like the overwhelming majority of people who would call themselves uh, Christians or Muslims or um, you know religious Jews, you know, they uh, like I think the overwhelming pe- majority of people, in the, well, you know, they have a um, in uh, in those categories would 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 not belong to that. Be like, you know, yeah, wh- whatever else I believe, whatever else I mean by God, I at the very least mean. So well, okay, so I now I have an interesting question. Sure, so let's go say for it. I'm. Pete, or I'm Adam, you know, a couple of 10,000, 100,000 years ago. Yeah. I live with my village of two dozen people. The furthest memory we have as a collective society of the first one of us is, you know, great, great, great daddy Pete, who dug the well that okay. the village uses to stay alive. That is who we know and worship as God, because he okay. brought us the well that brings us life and brings us every the ability to exist. Huh? Did, I mean, God, did, did God exist for him? And so then did, did God exist? And now he doesn't. Uh, look, I mean, if by God, you mean, uh, you mean like the, you know, the entity that brought us life in the sense of, um, in the sense that you bring life by digging a well, then sure. I mean, given that that's what we mean by God, then I suppose so, right? But they have mm-hmm. a, uh, but like, um, but again, I don't, I don't think, you know, I don't think most people, uh, you know, I think, I think most people, like even, even, even in like polytheism, right? Like, uh, most people, you know, I think, right? You know, when they talked about the gods, uh, they were thinking about like supernatural entities that were incredibly powerful. And I disagree. Somehow, Okay, you disagree. Uh, kind of, kind of. You know, I'm okay. not a you know fact yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. sources guy. <laughs> no, 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 but 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 I'm curious. What do you think most people meant? So, like, I think if we're looking at religious like writings, I think a literalistic uh, interpretation is like very often like the wrong move or just mm-hmm. not uh, not the right one. Just period. Um, I see most like my bullshit history thing is that. Like the Bible and most religious writings were the way to, you know, write down and pass on history, uh, stories, morals. It was basically just the everything book. 
And so mm-hmm. I think you need to read and interpret all religions through, okay, these are not just meant to be literal religions of this is how the uh, universe was made and operates, but, um, you know, in a much wider, all-encompassing ass, uh, way. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know, I think that like they're, I, they're, they're, when in the Bible when it talks about you know uh-huh. the the great flood, it's a metaphor, you know, for flood throughout societies. But also, it's probably you know referencing something literal. Yeah, I mean, I was going to say I mean, that there are there are flood there are flood stories and lots of you know I mean I I think it's like, um, you know I I, I think the you know probably because of lots of different major floods or whatever, it's like I I think it's sort of some like weird garbled memory of that i mean like you you do i mean i think probably people you know probably the the biblical authors and also people in other cultures you know like like gilgamesh whatever if there's a flood thing there you know they have a uh, um i think probably did think that that happened but look i mean i'm not like nothing that i'm saying i think uh contradicts the idea like or or relies on the idea that like most people um read you know, the scriptures of their religions or whatever, uh, literally, because, because, you know, maybe they did, maybe they didn't, but like they have a, but regardless, um, the, you know, I, I mean, you, there's a big, like, like, in other words, you can, you can, like, not being a biblical literalist is one thing, but like saying that they, but like, saying like oh there wasn't really an adam and eve or there's there's not uh there wasn't really a flood or you know the uh you know this or that miracle you know didn't really happen it's like you know is is one thing like i think there are probably lots of sort of um you know certainly there are lots of kind of you know let's say theologically liberal you know believers who would say all of that um and you know maybe even you know historically god knows right but like in uh but like that's but you know, I think the idea that that God exists, right? The idea that there is in fact a being who created and rules the universe, um, like you know, you don't you certainly you know you don't have to be a biblical literalist to think that, and uh, yeah. and, I, and, I, and I think that's like pretty core. To, so like, it's kind of what I'm even the sort so of I, even I the sort of loosest it. version of any of these. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. I guess kind of I'm disagreeing with the fact that does God exist? You know. I think it's more uh, an answer with scales. Uh huh. And uh, I'm kind of curious. Like, I'm, I also am kind of curious what your personal beliefs are on God are. You said sure. you're an atheist, I think? Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Yeah. And yeah, so I guess what are your, th- like, mm-hmm. I don't know. I think does God exist is kind of like, uh, uh, you know, does a left exist? You know, it's like, okay, you have to define it. I, you have to go Peterson and like ask, what does every single word of the sentence mean? And how do you want it to mean it? You know? Yeah. I guess, I guess where we disagree there is, is it does seem like it's reasonably clear what at least, you know, um, I think at least the most popular interpretation of that sentence is. And, uh, yeah. and so, so, so I would have, and you know, since I'm assuming that that's what people mean, that's what I mean when I say I don't think so. Uh, mm. I think now, if you want to say, "Oh no, that's not what I mean," uh, then you know, fair enough, man. I mean, use words how you want to use them, but like then you can like say, um, "Then my question would be would be okay. What do you mean?" And then like once you like kind of spell it out, right, and like kind of get to a point where you know, I feel like I have a handle on what you mean, then maybe we could have a discussion about whether God in that sense exists or not. Then, you know, 
and maybe also a further discussion about whether it's like sort of helpful for communication to use the label God to, you know, to refer to that. Yeah, I guess if you're asking like, okay, I'm a little high. I'm trying to track. It's all good. It's all good. In my personal. Uh, yeah, yeah. So, 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 sure, sure. Let's do let's do your personal definition. Okay, so I would say uh, God is for me personally is everything. Like God as an entity is the manifestation of everything all at once. Uh-huh. And so, and a lot of people that uh, turns into a figural representative of dad or fatherhood or you know, the head of the household, this, that, or the other thing. Um, and so that's what I think God is. I think it's a very, um, uh, metaphorical, spiritual thing. I don't think so it so, exists so it's like a in any literal sense. Okay. Yeah. I mean, look, uh, that's, uh, you know, so it's like a Spinoza kind of thing that like, I mean, I, I think that's fine. I mean, if that's what, you know, like, I mean, I mean that, that's just like, and that's my very personal, you know, personal. No, no, I, I got you, I got you. But it's yeah, like, yeah. look, look. If I mean, just to, maybe it's kind of a simple-minded objection, but if it's like just sort of you say, okay, I think that like God is is everything. Then mm. it's like, well, I don't know that we have a, a metaphysical disagreement exactly because it's like, okay, does it, does everything exist? Yeah, right. Yeah. It does. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's is you know, but like, I guess you know, I guess the difference would maybe be about you know is is god a creationist is or, is a well i was gonna say more like look if you if if what you mean by god is everything then sure i mean I, I agree that what you call god exists i i think mm-hmm. that's like that you know but then like what is what is calling that god kind of kind of about to right like what's the you know am i you know are you like worshiping everything like what does that mean you know like there's a there's a whole you know, there might be some sort of like further interest in things to explore and disagree yeah. about. You know? I, I mean, honestly, I use my, like my, I don't, I don't have a religion. I'm not a theist. I just believe in God. Um, and so I use God as a framework to um, develop my ideology politically, personally, you know, in, in every aspect of life. Do you kind of see what I'm saying? That's, that's what I believe God mm. should be, you know, if you're going to believe in him, you know, or, okay. it, you know, her. Sure, sure, sure. Okay, fair enough. Uh, well, um, that's yeah, the... I, you know, I, I think when people talk about absolute morals, you know, it's basically just because they're too much uh, of pussies to admit that, that they're, you know, I'm just winging it. You know, my God, I'm just winging it on what God is. And I feel like a lot of people, you know, other people don't want to admit that or, you know, this, that, and the other thing. Okay. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I mean... You know, look, I, I think, uh, you know, I'm not, I, I don't, you know, I have to say, I I don't necessarily see a lot of, you know, utility to kind of attaching religious language to, to just sort of the totality of everything that exists or whatever. But like, you know, I can respect that. I mean, you're a good, uh, you're also a good company. I remember back in the 2016 election, uh, I think it was 2016, might have been 2020, you know, there were like a couple times when like people would ask Bernie Sanders like if he believed in God what he believed about God or whatever and he'd sort of say some like you know he'd, he'd kind of say some like yeah kind of vague and hippie-ish stuff about like ev- you know everybody being really connected or you know something like that well, what like, about what uh, Lula says about God you know do you, have you ever looked into any of that or how he talks uh, about religion uh, not really what does he say okay well I'll, I'll say I'll be honest I'll say same 
uh, I haven't uh, consumed enough of it to be able to summarize it, but I think from the snippets I've seen, it's extremely interesting. And it's, uh, and I think when you look at the uh, religious politics in Brazil, again, I can't summarize them, but it's very extremely interesting in how he maneuvers that. And I think it would be useful to look into that and how it could be applied to the situation in America. Because I do, th I think we, the left in general, needs to start strategizing on how to de-escalate the religious extremism in the country. Yeah, yeah, no, I mean, no doubt about that. I mean, like, and I, I think that the, um, you know, one of the, um, I mean, look, I think we, you know, I think we, yeah, I think we need a religious left, you know, because 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 obviously lots of, uh, you know, lots of people are. Uh, you know, lots of people we need to appeal to are, are are deeply religious. We need people who can, you know, we need people who can speak to tradition, the language of that tradition, or whatever. Uh, the, um, you know, I don't think that, you know, I don't think that means that people who aren't religious should like pretend. For one thing, I think people can see through that in a second. But I think that the, uh, but you know, but it's like, yeah, look, I mean, you you absolutely need your. Uh, you know, Cornell West, you know, for example, yeah. people, people who are people who, who are, you know, genuinely and sincerely religious, you know, to, to, who could like frame, you know, left moral arguments in religious terms. I'm, I'm definitely, uh, I'm definitely all in favor of that. So okay. I'm, I'm curious. I'm sorry. One more question. I'll, I'll, I'll end this with one more question. Uh, sure. Yep. So you're older than me. You have a lot more time in the left movement in America. Uh, do you think the atheist left has given the religious left, if it exists, and I guess does it exist, enough room within the progressive movement? Uh, I don't know. That's an interesting question. Uh, probably not. I mean, I think that the, uh, like, yeah, I think it just depends. I mean, it's like also you kind of referenced this earlier. This is sort of like, okay, is there – you know, is there a really a left in the United States? What, what is saying that there is or there isn't being, right? You know, the uh, – uh, but like, you know, yeah, I mean, I think probably, you know, there – I think there have been times and places when it, you know, has, right? I mean, it's like, you know, the civil rights movement or whatever. That's like an obvious example, you know, and like probably times and places where it hasn't, you know. I, I, has, not to be a source as Andy, but like can, can you name a re, like a religious progressive event or movement within the last – 30 years this is like a genuine question because i you know uh yeah i mean let's see last 30 years so uh so that's like, like to the more, 90s yeah you know i was born in 2001 so you know, sure yeah i mean like i i can you know i mean nothing that's like i mean obviously nothing that's like significant on any scale remotely approaching the civil rights movement but like i i think but i could certainly like um you know but i think like religious um you know, like, like, uh, like there was a lot of like church involvement in like the anti-war movement, you know, in the two thousands, you know, that would be like a, that would be an example. I mean, like, I'm thinking about those nuns, uh, who from Grand Rapids who, who would like get arrested, you know, pouring, you know, pouring blood on, on, uh, nuclear missiles, you know, things like that. Um, you know, so I, I think that it's like that there are certainly, uh, or like the, uh, the movement, um, 
you know, I mean, maybe this is still going on. It's just not on my radar anymore. But like the, you know, people who would go to like uh, the School of the Americas, which has been since renamed to the even creepier sounding Western Hemisphere Institute of Security Cooperation uh, in, uh, in Fort Bennett and like do those like those like big annual protests there. Like that was like that was like a very Catholic uh, thing. Um, you know, so like there, there are certainly, uh, you know, there are certainly you know, there are certainly examples. I mean, it's like, I, I think that there's not, um, you know, probably, you know, most of the left is fairly secular. And also we should just like also be clear on this, that it's like the United States as a whole, even though uh, if you're just looking at sort of, do you believe in God? Yes or no questions. that it's like, oh, wow, this is like really overwhelmingly religious. Um, and there's some truth to that, but it's like also then if you st- like start looking at things like, you know, church attendance uh, statistics and, you know, things like that, or like really drill into, you know, like lots of like pretty secular people who do not spend very much time thinking about religion, you know, will will say yes to the do you believe in God question. Um, so, you know, it's like also there's like a huge portion of the American population that's like pretty secular. And so it's like you, you also need to, I don't think you could have a successful left that's like sort of only, uh, you know, that's like sort of only defined by the people, you know, kind of using religious rhetoric and appeals. Um, but, you know, but yeah, I think you should have both. And, you know, I, I think they're probably, um, you know, I am, I don't know. I remember there was like some DSA thing, you know, a, uh, a few months ago or something where people, you know, it's probably not a great example because I don't really remember any details off the top of my head, but like people like got upset because they, you know, somebody in like the religion, you know, that there was like that, uh, that it like started with a prayer, you know, that like as they were like, oh, it's just, you know, it's like pastor here or whatever, do you want to do this? And it's like, I kind of, and I remember some people were like sort of up in arms about that. It's like, you know, despite the fact that I'm like a pretty outspoken atheist, I, I, I wouldn't have had an issue with that because I just kind of think, look, if, you know, coalition politics being what it is, I mean, it's like, you know, you're going to, you know, if you're going to do enough activist stuff, like you're going to, you know, there are going to be some meetings that start with prayers and, you know, that's yep. like, you know, that's, that's, that's kind of okay. You know, you gotta, you gotta roll with that. But, um, but anyway, uh, thank you. This was a really, this was a really interesting call. I'm, I'm glad we got, I'm glad we got one on the, uh, the Substack essay at the end. So for people. Oh, who yeah. No, I, I always enjoy reading them. I, you know, I, uh, I, I was going to go to school for poli. Uh, I'll, my dream is when I retire, I'm going to go to school for poli sci for fun. Um, so reading this stuff is, you know, it's like uh, an appetizer. <laughs> nice, nice, yeah. So people don't know what he's talking about. It's called uh, uh, Hitchin the Philosopher, looking back at Christopher Hitchens' debate with William Lane Craig. It's up on the Substack as of today. It's benburgess.substack.com. People want to go check it out. Uh, but, um, but yeah, thank you for the call. Thank you yeah. to the, the previous uh, the previous call. This was, this was really good. This is exactly what I hoped it would be. Going to have to do another you know, I don't, I don't know if next week there might be a guest and a topic and all that stuff. I haven't figured that out, but we're going to have to do another AMA again pretty soon because this was, this was great. I really enjoyed this. Thanks, guys.